listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin coming at you from the Screener Squad. Talking about a comedy today written by Jeff Bienna and directed by Jeff Bienna with co-writer Allison Brie, who's also the star, whose co-star is the writer-director's wife, Aubrey Plaza. Jealous, <laughs> man. <laughs> this is a story about a woman... I'm so sorry. I'm already going to have to start editing this. I have none of their names on this cast. Oh, Bradley. All right. To quote, uh, to quote, an, quote an obscure, like, early 2000s teen Collie, call Domino's. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> to to be honest, this is a giant roster of, like, character actors. So I don't think I learned any of their names either. Me neither. Like, 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 oh. They're in it. She's in it. He's in it. Oh my yeah. god! And then that's that's one of the pleasures of this film. Yeah. Oh yeah, like that was the thing. Watch it. Like I started watching it again before we started, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot that this person was in it. Not because I like, not because they weren't memorable. It's just so many people popped up in this for such a short amount of time that I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. Like, what's up, Lil Ray? <laughs> Very good. So I actually got the cast here. Thanks for your patience. Alison Brie is Amber, a waitress at not the Olive Garden. <laughs> a waitress what? at uh, a totally different font. Yeah, Tuscan <laughs> Grove. She wins a trip to Italy through her work as a part of a creative team builder exercise, where she meets other workers of Tuscan Grove and a mysterious assistant of the CEO, Cat, played by Aubrey Plaza, lets her know that. Uh, the president, the CEO of the company, wants to meet her in private and discuss things. Rose is going to do that a lot during this uh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> in, in the context of this film, that is pure um, actual film criticism. criticism. Yeah, that, that is analysis apt. for this film. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, she gets into hijinks and uh, secret millionaire parties on secret private yacht rides and then sort of finds out that the budding relationship she has with this millionaire, he's kind of having with all the ladies on this sabbatical trip. So there's a deep, dark, hilarious mystery to be solved here and she'll have to depend on her co-workers who have lady names <laughs> to discover why this is happening. Tim Heidecker as Fran, for example. He's hilarious in this. Molly Shannon going full psycho hilarious in this. Before I get too involved in how funny this cast is, I want to introduce you to my cast on this review. <laughs> Someone who you should... <laughs> oh, 
I amused oh, myself too much there. You do. I mean, apparently, sometimes I think all you need is a mirror. Oh my that's goodness! All, that's all you need. And just and just, just just tell jokes to yourself. That's it. Stop your killing. Sorry. <laughs> Someone who sh- you you should always tip fifteen percent. Frank is with us. Yeah, and um, I think I speak for Rose and myself when I say Aub- Aubrey, you know, Baza can turn me based on, based <laughs> on her work in this film. Oh my God. Good Lord. Right? <laughs> Very like I, good. When I was watching, picking from the movies on the list that we get, you know, to what, to review, I started watching the trailer for that, and then as soon as she popped up, I didn't even finish watching it. I just put it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just went somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So cutting short all your fantasies so we can get back to this review. Uh, the best flower at the Olive Garden, Rose is with us. Hello. And also someone who knows the difference between a bruschetta and a garlic bread, Melina is with us. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> so I would genre this as a dark comedy about the dangers of gaslighting and also the hilarity of it. <laughs> what did you all think of this wacky mystery slash what? slash what sorry go ahead slash i don't know slash. hijink I don't, I don't caper think the movie even knows i don't think yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. About, it's all over the say, place it, yeah. like i love a good genre blend i love when tones mix together I, I when they become a real frankenstein of a film i i, I gotta say i don't think that this film was that successful at like the type of dark comedy it was it was attempting i think it had moments of it you know when it was um you know there were some jokes that did land but i think that uh, i don't think they got a real handle on the sort of like the slide they wanted to go on if that makes any sense do you, do you guys yeah. know what i mean yeah no, I'm kind of with you there. I when I was watching this, I felt I found myself enjoying it the entire way through because really at the I think at the root of it, it's kind of a dark slapstick, but it's also a mystery. It's very much a kind of a it's a it's a it's a mystery that is I think purposefully ripped right out of the pages of one of your glossy Harlequin romance novels the, that the poster, take up their entire yeah the poster, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, if it had not been for the poster, maybe that wouldn't have been so obvious to me that that's kind of what they were riffing. But I found myself, I think what really worked for me the whole time undoubtedly was the comedy. I think everyone kind of brings it. If there was some, if there was one thing that, that I just didn't think stuck the landing is something that I think uh, um, in the Jeff uh, Bana movies that I've seen prior to this have done really well. And that's the subtext. I feel like the subtext just, they didn't quite, it didn't quite come to the surface as well as it could have. I think so too. I think they were, they were really sort of like focused really on the, on the jokes and the, the humor and the, the, the absurdity of it that they didn't, that, you know, they forgot, you know, to actually say something. I know that the aim of this kind of film is not to say something, but um, yeah, I think that there was a ball that was dropped at some point here, I feel. Yeah, it it goes from kind of one genre to another as it goes along, keeps going back and forth between different things. And on their own, each kind of thing that it attempts to be works 
pretty well, but it's such a whiplash when it goes from one to the other while still continuing the same story. Yeah. And it just, mm-hmm. it, it the movie really, really worked for me in the beginning. I love the awkward humor and, of course, all the actors and everything. That's yeah. why I watched the movie. Um, but then when it started to, you know, like really get into the story and then do all these, like, genre switching from scene to scene, it was just like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that it, it worked. I, the biggest loss I, I got from it were, were like the sort of like office type of interplay, this retreat, these 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 misfits, and you know that, that yeah. Are oh, shitty yeah. hotel. Yeah, they're like, like that. Who are all kind of losers yeah, in their exactly. own way. Yeah, that was pure comedy. <laughs> I thought that was solid comedy, and I got laugh after laugh from that. But then it does veer off into, as much as we love her, as much as I love to hear Aubrey Plaza speak Italian. Um, the movie, the movie sort of like loses focus uh, at a certain point, and it just it, it veers off into a different direction, and uh, it it doesn't really pay off. It int- introduces minor characters who have no business being in this film whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's it, it it's a little scatterbrained. This movie. Yeah. I feel like this is something where if you were to just put any scene in front of me, I would. I'd laugh. I'd be like, oh my God, I love this scene. I think that this is fantastic. I love the actors who show up. Like Fred Armisen, I think when he comes in towards the second act, I thought he was hysterical. Yeah. Um, But as a whole, I'm like, I feel like this is a bunch of really great set pieces that are kind of missing a through line to where at the end, you're kind of like, I feel like I came into this knowing what it was you wanted to say. And by the end, I think you've kind of lost me. I really think I have to go back and try to figure out what it was that I was supposed I was supposed to take away. Ironic because this apparently is the first film that Jeff Baina has written where he actually had a script, like an actual script. Apparently in the past, all of his films, he has a loose outline that he writes and they improv oh, right. okay. through all of it. Oh, huh. It's that. strange that this feels like the least focused of all his movies. Yeah. And, um, and Bradley, you said that, because I knew that, that uh, Alison Brie uh, produced it. Uh, but mm-hmm. you said she co-wrote it as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. And according to IMDb, she has that credit. Okay. Interesting. Because she's 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 someone who's like a very um, underrated comedian. I've always felt, you know, and oh, yeah. especially mm-hmm. like something like uh, like Community, which is like a, you know a highlight. I mean, a major highlight in her career. Classic. Um, I always felt like she was. It's always harder for her to stand out in that ensemble. So I always love to see. Um, her progress because I think she, she was underrated, um, and I, I I love seeing her in this, and I thought she she. I love seeing her in this, but at the same time, it's also sort of like. I don't want to use the word frustrating, but she is a straight man in this film, and um, I wish that we'd had more moments of that would have allowed her to be funny, but at the same time, this is because she's a producer and a co-writer. This this is also her her project. So she clearly had a say in what the character, her character did. Um, so I guess I'm sort of split on that. Yeah. Well, like uh, her working yeah. community, she elevates the comedian she's with as well. And I don't think she ever got enough credit for that as on community either. I mean, Joel McHale's not that funny outside of community. That's yes, he is. Oh, <laughs> oh as, as a fan, I have to agree. But he, you talk about her elevating material. I'm like, I think she does. I think all of them, including her, do it here because everybody here, I do think there's 
obviously still some improv going on and really good improv from people who really know what they're doing. And even when it's obviously scripted, I'm like, these are people who know exactly what to do with this because it's not bad material at all. It's very funny. I guess I'm going back to all of those uh, scenes when they're all together at this retreat tutorial. I mean, I mean, who really even knows what it is? I mean, I mean, it's, it's all a front for whatever when, you know what 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 right. revealed, but um, the crux of the mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh but yeah. That's really where where the humor is so on point. It is, and I, I love the dynamic that they set up when they have to do that icebreaker. Yeah. That dreaded icebreaker uh. when they all come together. I was like, if you ever, like anyone who's ever taken a college seminar knows exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. And I love what they do to set them up, to set them all up. And they don't have to do a lot. So it's like you get people like Zach Woods, who's the fanboy of this franchise. Yeah. He knows way too much about it. He's <laughs> way too interested in it. And then you have um, Tim Heidegger. Normally someone I don't like. I do not like Tim and Eric. But he gets some of the funniest lines and some of the funniest moments in this whole thing as just this over-the-top, pretentious, head-up-his-own-ass <laughs> kind of wannabe chef. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, I, I kind of can take or leave Tim and Eric. It really just depends on the sketch and how much alcohol I've had. Um, but more often than not, when he shows up in other things, I like him. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I saw him in this, I was like, oh, this ought to be good. And yeah, he ended up being one of my favorite characters. He was such a good douchebag. I mean, I know. <laughs> he, really, he really was. Well, he's just so, uh, he's in, in, in a mixture between bitter and nonplussed the, the, the whole time. And I think that, I mean, I, I, I keep on going on about those, the, those scenes, but they were just like uh, the little intricacies about, about those, those moments were great. Like, like Molly Shen has the same fucking pose every time she tries to take a photograph. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> Just one more. Just one more. It's hilarious. Yes, exactly. And and they watched Life is Beautiful on a a VCR. I mean, (laughs) he didn't check. I know. (laughs) I had no idea what it was about. Heard it was was a rambunctious romp. Hysterical. I love that. Like, yeah, you, well, because that that's another person who I thought was absolutely hilarious. Ben Sinclair, who's sort of the team leader of this whole thing, comes in. He's like, yeah, guys, so I heard that uh, we're going to watch this movie called Life is Beautiful. stars Roberto Benigni. It's supposed to be a real banger, real funny. So we're just going to pop that in. <laughs> and then, like, the next time they meet, all right, so from now on, I will read the synopses before I show a film. All right, lesson learned. <laughs> So let's carry that into our final thoughts. Rose, would you start, please? Um, yeah, this one was okay until it wasn't. I mean, it, it really, really had me in the beginning, but once they start to try to make it more complicated and introduce more plot elements and twists and turns and things here, it I started checking my phone um, <laughs> after a while. And I, I felt really bad about it because I remember how into it I was in the beginning. But yeah, it just uh, it kind of lost me after a little bit. And I'm uh, honestly a little bummed about that because this is a very funny cast. I mean, it's an all-star cast of uh, comedy people and with a very interesting premise and, and it's beautifully shot too I mean we really didn't touch on that but there are certain scenes with like dramatic nightclub lighting and, and dark alleys and things like that and I thought that stuff looked really good um, yeah it was just kind of pooted out for me towards the end so I will give it six and a half gorgeous red dresses out of ten mm-hmm. Frank 
Yeah, I thought that this had some really solid comedic beats. Um, one of the one of the recurring gags is that Molly Shannon's luggage had been stolen, and so she, um, on their first day out, has to go buy new clothes. And the rest of the film, she shows up in the most like garish oh. like <laughs> <laughs> outfits, and it's a laugh that I mean, fuck the rule of three. It is so funny every time you see her in the next scene. It's just it's just hilarious. And those are the moments that really make the comedy as potent as it is during those scenes. Otherwise, you know, they try to introduce like a really like screwed up romantic element, you know, a couple of romantic elements to it. There's uh, a little bit of a horror um, slash slash slasher type of element um <laughs> in the end which which is which is like oh what okay i just saw bodies by his bodies you guys you know you're not that um sort of thing and it's all these different like roads that that go nowhere um this movie is at its strongest when it is the these quirky characters uh together um that's what makes it really great at the same time, it's also really frustrating because I think Aubrey Plaza is so great in this in in, in this mm, role. Mm. I mean, she's speaking Italian like nobody's business. She uh, really, as much as 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 a minor character as her character is, and who is also given like this exit that is not really even an exit. She just disappears yeah. from the front. She's just kind of gone. Film, yeah, really indicative of how like um sort of you know quilty or patchwork this movie is uh she's really great everybody here is really great um but yeah this is a very specific humor and not all of it works um so i'm gonna go ahead and give this uh seven out of ten italian dinners that you just con out of a chef and then eat in like five (laughs) seconds and just take off so you don't have to you know talk to them again (laughs) because that food did look really good and so but I haven't had dinner yet, so maybe that's just me. Oh, man. I don't care if I've had dinner and supper. I will still be hungry if I see a movie featuring Italian I got- food. I needed to eat right before I started watching it. And so I heated up. Because I wasn't thinking about it. I was like, oh, it's getting late. i got to watch this movie. Yeah. I'll heat up my leftovers. Uh, it turned out to be spaghetti. But, but, that, big, <laughs> but that big squeezy bag of Alfredo sauce, that was like the most, yeah, gross. The most uh, un- unglamorous thing bleh. in the world, yeah. Oh, I think they know that that's supposed to be far from Absolutely. appetizing. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to, yeah. <laughs> Melina. Um, well, if there's anything that I walked away feeling after this movie was confused. Because I think it starts out being, I think, very funny riff on your sort of Elizabeth Gilbert travelogue kind of, kind of fiction. Or not fiction, but nonfiction like the idea of the American who goes to an, a foreign country to seek fulfillment. I think that it goes from that to being sort of a riff on, yeah, your Harlequin romance novel and just that type of hero. Alessandro Nivolo, I think, is very funny, by the way, playing that role. Then it's a mystery. Then by the end, it's just gone full slapstick. And I think all of those on their own really work. They just don't tie, they just don't, they don't end up feeling like they're tied together. It ultimately ends up feeling kind of segmented and you end up kind of walking away from it once you know where it's going, thinking back and going, wait a minute, what happened to, like you said, what happened to Aubrey Plaza? What happened to that character? What did that character even mean? What did they contribute? Um, I don't know how this is going to hold up on a on a 
full rewatch. But having started watching it before we uh, rewatching it before we started, I was still laughing. I laughed all the way through this. I think this is a very funny movie, and I think I will recommend it just for that alone. Um, so I'm going to give this. Uh, I'm going to give this. Uh, seven out of ten copies that I of Eat, Pray, Love that I would gladly watch Aubrey Plaza chuck in the trash. Yeah. Do you know what? That like <laughs> guys love that movie. Like Eat, Pray, Love. I, I meet so many guys. I meet really? so many guys, like the straight guys, that love Julia Roberts and Eat, Pray, Love. Ironically, like, like, no, earnestly, <laughs> earnestly, wow. like, oh, wow. I miss my mom. I, I miss my oh, mom. Bradley. I watch Julia Roberts oh, and eat pray oh, love. Bradley. <laughs> so for me, I pretty much agree with all of you. This movie lost me when it chucked Aubrey Plaza, but Brie and her ridiculous friendship with Zach Woods, who's Dana, a woman's name brought me back <laughs> i hated the happiest season for the same reason but by the end i was like okay i guess it's fine that aubrey plaza the smoke show doesn't have to be the main character you, you did not hate happiest season just for that reason did you for like 10 minutes and i got okay. over it <laughs> <laughs> frank's like we're gonna have to talk <laughs> but yeah it, it's just almost like a goofy silly i love all the jokes pay off really well the plot, I, I don't really care for it. The way it ends, even, I'm like, oh, so it's ambiguous. But then I thought, why would that be ambiguous? That should be a 100% and that's a shit person, wouldn't you agree? Type of ending. So I'm going to give this one. I watched it with my spouse and her laugh is very infectious. So that elevated the <laughs> all of it for me. I'm going to give it... Seven out of ten feral hogs. <laughs> this does go hog wild yeah, at the end, I mean, quite it, it, fucking it, literally. It, it, it goes a little Hannibal, <laughs> if we're being real. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Imagine Hannibal meets Eyes Wide Shut, and somehow that is well, your, you're, that's your you're, resolution. You're giving us a lot of credit, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say quality-wise, just, you know, thematically. It's there. It's there. 